Hi there. Oh, hello. Welcome. Welcome. And welcome back. Yes, hello. You're listening to It's a Shame. Finally again. Finally. Or maybe for the first time. Yeah, if it's your first time, welcome. If you're a return guest, hi, welcome back. Yeah, I know. It's been a hot minute. It has. We've been on a break. I, right before we started recording, Lily asked me how long it has been. and uh, I don't know. And I was like, time doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, like we we said that we were going to take a, a month, mm-hmm. right? You know, and then lots of stuff happened. So much stuff <laughs> so happened much and stuff continues happened. to happen. Yeah, so we, um, yeah, we ended up taking a little bit longer um, for many reasons that we will and won't get into probably. I love it. It's perfectly vague. <laughs> um, yeah, so the good news is we're back. Um, we took a little break. It's been a little bit bonkers bananas, and I hope that you are taking good care of yourself because this is a vicious news cycle in the middle of a vicious time mm-hmm. and uh, globally and also in our country. And um, we've been struggling. I mean, we, we've part of the reason we haven't come back is uh, it's kind of... And kick it, it's been kicking the ass a little bit, my ass anyway. Yeah, mine too, for sure. Um, yeah, and I think uh, I think we needed a little bit longer of a break than we thought that we would because I think that when we were signing off um, the end of season two, at least I had some hopes that we would be like way more back to normal by now. Yeah, I did too. And um, not being is... It's taken its toll a little harder. <laughs> it has absolutely taken its toll. And, you know, I, I think it's a good point because, you know, this is kind of like an ellipsis moment because it's just like we're all just on like pause and standstill, but also like living our lives. And, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think when we left at season two, I was kind of like, OK, like, yeah, we'll, we'll have some more time. We'll wrap things up and then we can talk about. And it's like, no, we're still in that same kind of weird fucking purgatory mm-hmm. yep for sure nonetheless <laughs> here we are yes we are we we just you know sometime you gotta get back on the horse right yep and if you listen to the end of season two then you know that we were social distancing and um the audio was well it was what it was but paolo made it Made it wonderful. Shout out to Paolo. We hey, were Paolo. able to we talk to him uh, <laughs> over the break, and he was wonderfully supportive and kind and complimentary and just all the magic things that he is. Yes. Um, he's a really great guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, uh, we're we in the same room. Yes, we because are in the we've same done, room. What, what are they calling it, like pod or something? Like there's a, there's a name that they're using for people who are like, yeah. social distancing but like also kind t- of together together like yeah. certain families or whatever yeah I I think that we made that decision a while ago and I think it has saved my sanity at least 100% <laughs> um, to just kind of yeah consider ourselves a, a, a small unit and um you know we're all taking the same precautions I barely leave my house um <laughs> yeah I, I don't so I have uh, trouble wearing a bra. That's new. Yeah. I'm wearing one and I hate it. 
I feel like um, when you got Catboy the harness and like he didn't know how to walk yeah. in it and he would just stand still. He thought still. he was broken. Yeah, that's me when I put on a bra. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm just frozen and like <laughs> this doesn't feel natural. <laughs> like I think I can walk. I don't know what yeah. is this thing. Weird pressure on the shoulders and back. <laughs> um, well, mine, I don't know what happened. Like I think that my bra is giving up a little bit as, as much as I am because I put it on today for the first time in a long time and it's just like it's just sinking Mm -hmm. and maybe I've just had it too long or something or you know isn't it all sinking though isn't it just all sinking but it's just because it doesn't have an underwire and so it's just kind of like the whole top of it is just kind of falling sad it's really sad and it keeps like falling off so I went on um third love today non-spawn by the way I just went on third love and I was like taking their little quiz or whatever and the bra they picked for me looks excellent it is however you should get eight dollars no so get it a I good bra like, is like sure. a worthy investment my sure. problem is when i do that fucking quiz they're like talk about your favorite bra and i'm like oh the one you're gonna ask me for the size and i've worn it for so long the size has worn off on the tag um, and i have i can tell you the brand but i don't know the cup Right. Well, and that's like the most important thing because they're like, if it sounds like you're in the wrong size. <laughs> and I'm just like, nope, I've just worn it down so much. I wear like, mystery size. That's my size. Mystery and mine is Chantel. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, hey, I got an idea. Mm. Let's do some brand new information. Brand new information. It's okay. brand new. Brand new information. But I, I, can I say something first before we before we pop into brand new information? I want to address a little bit of the silence uh, on our side because when I started thinking about it, you know, it was just really sort of this thing where we were both kind of like putting the podcast in the back of our minds and then also processing everything that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I started thinking about our social media and how we just went like completely silent on that. And... Um, it, I, it's frustrating because I didn't even have to, or didn't think about it until I started thinking about it. Yeah. And then I realized what a privilege that fucking is to be like, I'm just going to go silent on social media for a while when this like major thing is happening in our country and right. like these major racial conversations are happening. And I just get to like ignore it and stay quiet. And then I was like, well, there's some fucking privilege right there. Yeah. Um. So I do just want to reiterate that while we have been you know, and we'll get into it more as the um, episode progresses. But though we were silent on social media and probably should not have been, and that is part of our dumb privilege that uh, I think that we shouldn't have used, um, it doesn't mean that we've been looking away right. from what's been happening. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there first and, you know, apologize for not being active in those realms but we have been processing it and active um, mm-hmm. personally. So, yes. uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that. So yeah, <laughs> I feel like the podcast was like a, a car that I was driving and I just like completely like got out, took the key, like took the keys out of the ignition, got out of the car, like put the keys somewhere, like forgot I even had keys to the fucking car. Like I've just been like every time you would even bring the podcast up, I was like, right that thing like my you know and and you're right like I guess the mistake I made was even like uh, yeah we were we were silent and and I and yeah we'll get more into that yeah yeah it being it being a platform in and of itself which is something that um dawned on me 
Yeah, exactly. So now how about some brand new information? Well, since you asked, <laughs> um, it's brand new information. Yeah. Um, uh, my brand new information is uh, that I am reading a book um, that is it's on topic of what we're going to talk about tonight, and I'm probably going to reference it a lot. Um, it's called um, Me and White Supremacy, and it's by Layla Saad, and it's... Um, I'm only like in the beginning right now, um, and it is already just work and good work. Mm. And it's um, it's not like a read where you like put your feet up and it's like, oh, theoretically that's so fascinating. It's like it's putting the work in and doing the self reflection, and um, it's been really beneficial. And I've really uh, felt I'm, I'm really grateful to her that she put it together. When did you start reading it? Um, a couple days ago, and it's a 28-day journey, and, you know, she says you can take your time, um, and, uh, the first, the first exercise is all about white privilege, and, mm-hmm. um, kind of really looking at what it is, and that white privilege is really rooted in white supremacy, and when you look at white supremacy, right, the idea is, like, that, uh, this holding this inherent belief that white people are superior and, and that's so systemic that to even have white privilege is like rooted in white supremacist I- ideology but yeah it's 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 really good i spent some time on that and then um the one that i chapter that i'm working on right now is the second chapter anyway i'm not going to talk you through the book but yes it is very enjoyable thus far um and it's like i said it's work and i like that yeah Awesome. Um, I'll have to read it. Have you read um, How to Be an Anti-Racist? And if so, like, do you know how, how do these kind of, I don't know, align in any way? Um, I haven't read it. Um, I haven't read it yet either, but it's on my list. It's on, you know, we talked about it a while yeah. back on the podcast. Um, yeah, it's on my list, too. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that, like, maybe, I mean, I haven't read it, so it's hard for me to say, but... From what I know um, about that book, I would assume that the both of them are really rooted in it's not just enough to be like, I don't believe in racist behavior like these racists. Like, oh, I just like it's more than that. It's like, again, like realizing your own inherent racism and, and your own white supremacist ideology that may live inside of you that you had no idea because again that goes with white privilege that you've never been forced to look at it or think about it before um Hmm. yeah that it's the crazy thing is it's been so existential for me like reading this book is I'm like I keep thinking about it in terms that are the only terms that I know which is like when I read uh Simone de Beauvoir's like the other the the second sex it's like oh women woman is other because like everything is referential to men and as I'm reading this like it's just it's so fucking crazy to me that I'm like, that's such a, that's being a white woman is such, and not that there's a hierarchy, but that's such a small way to be marginalized. And as I'm reading this book and I'm thinking about how there's whiteness around me, it's a white culture. And there are so many things that are so easy for me all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. And then I think about how that inherently implies that, um, uh, black indigenous people of color are othered. Mm-hmm. just by naturally living, like, in a predominantly white culture. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's interesting 
that you bring that up because I, I was thinking about this the other day um, when I was watching a TED Talk, whatever. Um, but definitely about how when I go out into the world, especially by myself, um, especially in situations where I feel like I could be a little bit unsafe or it's possible that I might be unsafe, I definitely um, think constantly, constantly about my femaleness in my body and how sure. I am a, a female, uh, a woman. Um, and I can't really imagine compounding on that because that's fucking scary enough, yeah. you know? And then to, to add on, like, a woman of color or a black man who, who, you know, like, if you see a police officer, like, that is not a safe situation. Like, for me... You know, that would be a more safe situation if I'm walking around at night and I saw a police officer. Oh, absolutely. You know absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. Like, you would 100%. feel more safe than less safe. But, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that sort of comfort never existing. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And, and one of the things that the book, like, you know, does in the beginning, and, and you know, there are like these kind of like journaling topic questions. And one of them is like, how has your white privilege, uh, how has your white privilege served you? And like, mm-hmm. and you know, just really looking at it. And um, it's just goddamn the uh, like. Once I started um, making kind of a list, she compares it to, and this was something I had never heard of. Um, there's an author named Peggy McIntosh who talked. I guess she kind of talked about the idea of white privilege. I don't know if she coined the term, but she talked about like how white people are carrying around like an invisible knapsack full of things that are their privilege to have access to that they Mm -hmm. don't even realize. Right. And so like she and Peggy McIntosh like makes a list of like all of these things that she's like privileged to have that like, again, it's invisible to her because it's, it's so predominant in the culture around her that like, why would she see it unless she began to look at it this way? Right. Um, which is, again, outside of this very, like, the lens that is white culture. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so uh, I think that that's something that we want to transition into. But I'll just give my brand new information. Um, yeah, sorry. I, like, went so, I was just no. like, this is some existential angst. I was going <laughs> on. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's a good, it's good to, because I think it'll transition into, like, the main portion of what we want to talk about. Um, like, normally our brand new information is a little bit more, like, lighthearted and kind of off topic. But I think that, you know, just given the nature of this very serious and very complex and, you know, unsolvable topic mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. weaving in some brand new information in terms of resources that we found helpful is is good yeah it's a good idea a, i think idea. you know it's it's good to have um i think as many resources kind of thrown your way as possible mm-hmm. especially these days and find like things that you that you can actually do instead of just be like, yes, this is a horrible time mm-hmm. and we are so against this, but the, yeah. like actually like taking steps to, like you said, kind of like change your, your own perceptions Perception. or face, yeah. face your own reality yeah. in ways that you have, haven't had to do before. So I think, you know, in some surprising ways, like just, you know, really cool resources have, have popped up, um, 
my mine is um I found actually on this like random YouTube channel who I followed forever. Uh, this is called Wheezy Waiter, and he's just this like white dude who lives in Austin with his wife and baby. Uh, he makes hilarious videos, but he had this whole list of like resources that he had found um, that you know he like uh, I think kind of crowdsourced from his followers, or whatever. And I found this really really awesome one called Justice in June. It's a Google Doc that you can download or bookmark whatever um and it was created by autumn gupta and brianna wallace um their twitter handle is at autumn under underscore underscore yeah, that's what I it think is so. bry which is b-r-y so i don't know if it's brianna brianna um anyway so they created these lesson plans which you can do like 10 minutes a day 25 minutes a day 45 minutes a day i think and you can just like take these like course options and they like put out this like study rubric basically where it's Mm -hmm. like you can um you know like on week one you read certain articles and you listen to certain podcasts um or watch ted talk videos which is kind of what i'm working through right now and it's just is it it's just cool because you can take it at your own pace you can do Mm -hmm. it whenever you have time like and it's a lot of different perspectives but all about you know, kind of understanding race in our country and in in the inherent hor- horrific racism that is just systemic that I think that we just don't see as white people and we don't recognize as white people. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've I found some of it really really helpful. Um, nice. I'm still working my way through it, but uh, yeah, that's that's the main one that I've been kind of working on right now. Yeah. That's a, yeah. And then the, I, the only one that I've like, I mean, I found it's been such a crazy time. Um, another really good one that I've enjoyed and I've learned a lot from is uh, showing up for racial justice. They're a really cool organization with a lot of educational resources and then, um, like ways to put your, uh, anxiety, angst, anger into action. So, uh, that's always really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Well, that was brand new information. That was brand new information. <laughs> um, yeah, I I want to just really, really quickly, like, say that, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that part of the silence on my part was that I I, I didn't know how I wanted to talk about this because I didn't want to take up yeah. more space as a white woman and I in reading this book and in doing more reading I've had to kind of come to terms with like it is it it is inherent white privilege that I would use a platform and not consider that in doing that and in doing that and not creating opportunity and or space for um, black indigenous people of color, like that's inherent privilege. But then there's also the thing that you mentioned, which is kind of like, um, and this is where I'm at right now in the book, it's talking about white fragility. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, it's not up to anyone but me to make peace with it. And, and mo- most importantly, it's really fucking good that I'm this conflicted. Yeah. It's great, actually, because I haven't thought this much about race and on levels that are this deep. Like, I, I'm I'm considering it in ways that I never did before because I didn't fucking have to. Right. 
I and and I think you make a good point <clears throat> because for me too, part of sitting back and and trying to contemplate where I'm at and what I'm feeling, it's like I still don't know exactly how to talk about this, and I know for a very for sure fact that I am fucking up and I'm gonna make bad mistakes 100%. and that I'm you know just like doing a couple of lesson plans and like reading some books about you know white privilege like is not going to solve anything I think it's like consistent and constant work and it's really going to be about like changing our whole selves and our whole Mm-hmm. outlook on life and that takes a lot of time and a lot of work and I think it's work that just can't go away ever mm-hmm. and so I think that like part of the process is like you know taking time away and really thinking especially when we're putting something like a podcast out into the world so like at least have some time to consider what we want moving forward yeah um at the same time, it doesn't want to just, you know, do that, like, white hysterical reaction thing where it's like, we have to record immediately because we are not racist and we are with you and Black Lives Matter and, like, you know, we are yeah. on the bandwagon and you don't think that we aren't, you know, like, fucking, yeah. nobody needs to know that. Yeah, again, it's just, like, also, like, who the fuck does that serve, you know? And, I mean, we're doing a podcast about shame. I mean, talk about, like, inherent shame and guilt and all of that tied up and, and like, the white fragility. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's also this thing, again, predominantly white culture. Like, we're fucking given gold stars left and right. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, uncharted fucking territory for us where we're talking about things like, uh, I, I might not be saying the I right thing. I this. And then also, <laughs> like, the idea of, like, yeah, I'm reading this book and it's hard work, but, like, I'm doing it because, like, I believe, I believe in... I believe in peace and equality and love as cheesy as that sounds. And I'm like, they are all fucking human. And like, and the, the payoff is that like, I can interact better, better, more humanely in the world. Like, and Mm -hmm. it's not that like, it's gotta, I've got to get away um, personally from like this idea that like somehow like there's an academic, um, reward or that there's some kind of like um that there's any reward that there's a reward at all like it's work that should have fucking been done oh you know I see what, what I mean? mean like I'm putting in all this effort and now like yeah well it's well here's the thing I think what it is is I've been reading and like doing so much research and like I could have and sh- probably definitely should have done that years ago but yeah I didn't if I want to know about the history of fucking acrylic nails i'll google that shit (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like juneteenth would come and pass every goddamn year and i was just like "Hmm, curious i don't know too much about it you know what i mean and there are just things like that that again that inherent fucking white privilege where i'm like yeah i mean i'm interested but it's fine and now that i'm actually like start i mean fucking tip of the iceberg just starting to really read and like i'm going on these crazy wikipedia spirals and i'm just like Jesus fucking Christ, this was out here the whole time, and, like, why was I not looking for it? Well, not to pass the buck or anything, because it's definitely our fault. I I think it's part of our broader cultural inability to face our our past and to face our history. Like, in school, you don't get taught 
the stories like the Tulsa Massacre. You know, you it's just so don't get... hard, Lily. Yeah, it's so exactly. hard for our, white people. Our poor little white fragile We people. don't like to think about us as bad. It, but it's fucking true. It's fucking we true. We cannot handle it. It's so... Even in modern day, I mean, we look at how we've criminalized people of color, and I mean... It's young white men who are doing these goddamn mass shootings. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and, know. and And we don't look at a young white man and go, ooh, that's a dangerous person right there. But we've been taught. Right. I mean, it's, we systemically have been taught to look at people of color as, as dangerous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that that is, is something that is so deeply ingrained and so... I think that's one of the hardest things to kind of shake. Like, I, w- I was watching one of the TED Talks, and um, this woman was saying that they've done studies where, like, because of the way that we are socialized and brought up, we tend to associate, like, whiteness with, like, better. Mm-hmm. Because that's everything that we're told. And it, it was even, like, even people, even... Black people in that study did the same thing. It goes that fucking deep right. that we're so fucked up about. Well, it's systemic. We built it. We built yeah, exactly. the fucking system. It's yeah. like, again, it's that fucking existential thing where I'm just like. It's bullshit. It's cr- it, but it's fucking crazy because it's inescapable. Yeah. Like when you really think about it, yeah. like when you get down to the roots of the tree, I mean like the soil under yeah. the roots, I mean it is all just built on bullshit and lies. And and that's why I think that a lot of people have a very easy time just saying this is just how it is. Yeah. Because it's everywhere and it's so like pervasive that you that people are just like oh well that's just how the world works or like these things must be true yeah like black people must be more dangerous than us because look at how many of them are in prison and you know and it's like it's it's so much easier to think that than to to look at what's really gone on and how horrifically big groups of people have been like unforgivably how they've been treated yes yes and looking at that is is a really hard thing because you have to look at like your own part in it. And I think that mass collectively mm-hmm. as white people, we've decided not to do that. Yes. Well, I mean, we, we created a world in which we don't have to, exactly. in which that's not even an option. Right. Like again, like the whole, like me suddenly reading this shit and I'm like, well, I never had to like, but that, I guess that's the part that's really interesting to me is I'm like, God damn, they built those systems so well in place that it never occurred to me. Right. It never even occurred to me. And I considered myself fucking woke. <laughs> I was just like, I'm down with fucking James Baldwin in college. I was like, I've taken, you know, civil rights literature class. Like, I, you know, and it's right. like, no, bitch, no. Like, right. you're just, you're in this, you're you're in the system. You're part of the system. I still am. I'm, I'm always going to be, and I'm always going to be fighting it. Yeah. That's the difference now. Yeah. Is it's up to me to, uh, to fight against it. Yeah. Actively, actively. And that means reprogramming my own shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is the the hardest thing for people to do. And a lot of people just never really want to do that because, like, I think that that's scary for anybody to have to reprogram anything about themselves because, because so many people live just kind of on the surface, not really, like, digging deep, not having to dig in deep about, like, what are the problems in their own life, let mm-hmm. alone 
our country, let alone the world, let alone yeah. all of history, sure. you know? And I think that having to do any of that, a lot of people just want to like bury their head in the sand and just say like, no, like I'm a good person and that's all. I stop there. Yeah. And it's like, you're not a good person if you're not willing to fucking face the fact that you have inherent racist feelings. You and you get, We here, all do. We all do. Here's the thing. I just, white people, listen to me. We all got it. Yep. We've all got it. If and guess what? If you are a white person, there's no way that you don't even have a little bit of racism that's stuck in there. Yeah. And you know, and, and even if you, the book brings this up and it's so interesting, even if you pass... Like, she brings that up, like, even if you're a person of color, but you're able to pass as mm-hmm. white, mm-hmm. you know? And I, my mother-in-law um, is a Jewish woman, and, like, when we were with my family in the desert, like, that was something I, I brought up after maybe a martini that was too strong. <laughs> and I was just like, but, like, you've been able to pass. It's like, like, you don't, you never had to, like, identify as, like, you know? And it's, like, it's just so crazy to me, like, just the inherent privilege of just and it's just chromosomal it's just like my skin is this color not because of anything fucking special but we're just talking about a a good old dna chromosome you know mix that's that's it and it's like it's it's just mind-boggling yeah it it really is it really is and then i mean i think you know we've talked about this before in terms of like um you know, living in San Diego, living on a border town and being really closely connected, um, just like visually and, and just all all the time about like other um, cultures uh-huh. and, um, you know, like Mexican culture and, and it being kind of like woven into bits of San Diego and mm-hmm. how like awesome that is. And I think that there is sort of that because there's been so many divisions, like, people also see it as just, like, a cultural thing, Uh you know, where it's, like, that's them. That's their culture. That's, like, whatever. Uh, Well, first of all, we stole all of the culture that we find very dear to our heart from black people. So uh, there's that. (laughs) The, you know, like, I mean, just, we uh, just... Yeah. Stole, stole, stole. But I think, yeah, in terms of that, like, othering... Like, that is part of it, too, where it's just like, oh, well, you know, we just aren't around that very much, or we don't, we just think differently and do different things, and, you know, so therefore we are, we are separate. It's like... Yeah, and I also, the thing that, like, really, really annoys me, like, one of the arguments where I'm just like, y'all need to stop, is when people are like, um, well, that was my ancestors. Like, I've never done anything to... I hate that argument. And I'm just like... But you do, and you don't realize you do. You and live you do it every every day. day with the privilege of what. So let's what happens. Let's talk about some things that we are privileged to yeah. do. Um, yeah. Like just in examples, let's say, of like white privilege. Um, one that comes to my mind immediately is access. I can walk, and like when I was a little girl, mm. I was trained by my mom. When I go to New Orleans, she told me like, if you're ever in the city and you have to pee, she's like, find a nice hotel. They always have a public restroom, and you can walk right in, and it's usually clean. She's like, and it's a good way to use the bathroom if you're ever out and about in the city. Okay. Access. Mm-hmm. As a white woman, a white woman taught her white daughter 
You just walk into right. any place you want, shoulders back, head up, like you own the to. joint, yeah. and they'll let you in. Yeah. And that is true today for me. I walk in places without ever looking over my shoulder and without ever having considerations about whether or not I'm quote unquote supposed to be in that yeah, space. Absolutely. Like, okay, so a couple of weekends ago we were camping and you know, when you go a little bit east of San Diego, things get kind of clanny out there. Mm-hmm. And clanty. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I was thinking about that too. And like, um, so the guy who was running the campsite was kind of this like gruff older man who woke us up at like 6 a.m. because we were parked wrong or whatever. And we were like yelling back at him, like, dude, like, do you have to be shouting at us at like 5.30 a.m., whatever. Um, but like, we, he was not like aggressive toward us. But like, say we imagine? were like people of color who were yelling back at him, like, fuck you, dude. Like, why are you waking me up? Like, yeah. it would have gone nuts, especially since like in the parking lot, there was a bunch of trucks that had a bunch of like, build the wall, Trump 2020 stickers. Yikes. Um, and I remember, like, I was walking on my own to the bathroom with my little lantern or whatever, and it's during COVID time, so I have a face mask on, and it's cold as fuck, so I have a hoodie on. I'm dressed all in black, like I do, black hoodie, face mask on, and I'm, like, you know, like, walking to the bathroom, whatever, and I'm, like, it just dawned on me. as like, if I was, like, a young black man dressed this way, I would be fucked in this situation like with all these like trumpers around yeah like even though it's covid times even though you're camping like they don't give a fuck yeah yeah and it's like well it's that like just like when you were like talking i almost said like when you sassed that guy i don't know where that (laughs) like when when you but i feel like that's inherently like it for me like i feel like i can sass people you know what i mean like i have that in me right and like right now it's being called like karen culture which I don't love the name um, because I really, really genuinely love that Karen Kilgariff so much. And I, I don't like that. I don't like it one bit. Um, in fact, somebody tweeted at her. They were like, I'm going, you know, like um, another comedian said something to the effect of like, we should stop calling it Karen. And she's like, do not bring me into your world of pain. Like, don't even bring me into this. Like, I don't want to even comment on it. I you think know? that's wise. Yeah. Because um, Karen's kind of the perfect name. It is kind it. of the perfect name. Um, yes. But yeah, it, that it's like the the Karen syndrome, right? Yeah. Like, you get to like sass off in public because like who's gonna fucking stop you? Right. And when and when have you been stopped before? Never. That's why you're so goddamn emboldened. Right. And you think you're entitled. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and you. Well, here's something that I would say about that. Like that is freedom. Yes. And that is something that so many like people feel so strongly about in this country and are touting all the time freedom 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 Mm -hmm. and it's like but you mean freedom for you only for you but only for you yeah you don't even mean that for your neighbor who you don't like how long no how loud their dog barks and you don't even but like you especially don't mean it for people of color no like freedom because that's the other thing Within the same truck back when I was camping, they had a big-ass freedom sticker Mm -hmm. and then a big-ass build-the-wall sticker. Uh And I was like, so you only mean freedom for you. So, yeah. For yourself. You mean freedom from. Exactly. You mean freedom from. And it's such bullshit. It is. It's, it's, 
it's horrifically openly racist and yes. it's it, yeah it's, and to pretend that it's not and to pretend that it's just american values is bullshit too it is and you know what i've we've said it before i'll say it again and i'll say it with even more guster than i've said before if you continue to support if you continue this to support this you're president a racist. And you're and a you know fucking what? racist and i'll go even one step further i, I mean i would say like if you're, you know, if you're on the fence and you're like, how dare, um, I, I would just say to you, maybe pick up a copy of uh, Me and White Supremacy and give it a gander and be vulnerable enough, if you can, to face that we, it's, it's okay. Like, I just want to tell, like, white people, like, y'all, it's cool. It's all of us. We all are fucked. Yep. Like, and, and now it's on us to fix a system we broke. Yes, and it is on us. And the only way that we can do that is, like, we got a lot of shit to learn, and we got to be quiet, and we got to do some reading, exactly. and we, we yeah, yeah. We need to fix our fucking insistence on standing in the way. We need to get out of the fucking way. We need to listen. We need to be humble, and we need to put in place people who can tell their own stories, mm -hmm. make legislation that is going to help solve these fucking problems. Yeah, and that are reflective of, of their own communities. Them. Yeah. Yes. And it has to come from those people because it's ineffective. It's just like the, you know, the premise of grassroots organizing in and of itself. Like the idea is like, if you fucking from the, if the legislation and the policy and the ideas come from the top down, they don't know what the fucking people, any of the people need in these communities. It has to come from the people in those communities. Exactly. So white people have got to shut up, do some reading, get out of the way. Yep. I say this as I'm like barking into a I microphone. Know. We're like, listen, listen, white people. Not to us. <laughs> yeah. But not for me, because that's my freedom um, to talk ad nauseum. Ugh, I yeah, know. But yeah, I... that's the complex I have with the podcast. Like that's yeah. my struggle. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. It, it's hard. It's, it is it's, hard. It's, and we talked about this, too, a little bit, where I was like, okay, we either just stop the podcast and do nothing and say nothing ever, or we, like, use it as an opportunity to grow and change, which is what we said that we wanted from the very fucking beginning. Yes. Um, and this is an excellent time to add something that we didn't necessarily think we needed to add to that growth. Mm -hmm. You know, like our own shame and our own, um, you know, inner turmoils or whatever we wanted to like our kind own of privilege, bust. our own fragility. But like we wanted to bust through those things and we wanted to work through those things. And I think that this is a wonderful addition too to like add through like our own bullshit, our yeah. own privilege, our own sort of ignorance yeah. and lack of um, action and information. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about, like, that maybe will be good is that, like, calling attention to shit that seems normal that's really fucking abnormal. Yes. Like, for example, in reading the book, again, I keep having these, like, my mind... I, I feel like, like, in, when I took philosophy in college, like, and I would be introduced to new ideas that were so radical, it, like, made me feel almost like, um, almost like deja vu or like disassociative in some way because I was like whoa this is such a big concept I feel like how I've been looking at the world lately is doing that to me like I almost get like intellectual vertigo mm. like I'm just like whoa guess what I live in a community that is directly servicing my needs and my needs only as a white woman mm. if I want to get my hair done I can get it done just about anywhere 
pretty much anywhere in the neighborhood that I live in. Mm -hmm. If I was a woman of color, I don't know that that would be the case. Mm -hmm. Also, here's another thing that's very interesting. My needs are serviced. I know they are, but I don't even know that they aren't meeting the needs of black, indigenous people of color because my whole thing is like, I don't know what their needs even are. Right. And how would they be different? And that's problematic to me. Right. That I can only speak to this whitewashed culture. Yeah, that you wouldn't look around and be like, well, where's all the X, Y, Z? Yeah, because I don't even like, know what the X, Y, Z right, is. exactly. But then when you brought up, like, going to, like, the neighborhood, like, I don't know, what, what do they call that, urban tourism or whatever, where, like, people, um, like, when you were talking about, like, Mexican culture oh, and, like, yeah, how yeah. that's, like, interwoven and, like, again, like, that that is something that is very much, like, an inherent white privilege at its peak is, like, going to, like, an urban neighborhood for, like, the food and, like, <laughs> right. the interesting, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's so crazy. And it's, like, it's just, it's this question of one of my favorite questions, how could it be otherwise, right? Mm. Like, when you just look at a situation and, like, that's where the work comes in. It's, like, you see it as you've always seen it, but how could it be otherwise? yeah. I mean, I think something that is so important, I mean, because look at however you make change, like what would you tell one of your clients who really wanted to like make big changes about like the way that they navigate the world? Mm -hmm. It would be kind of like try, practice, yeah. Yeah. walk into some mm -hmm. uncomfortable situations yeah. and face them head on, you know, and I think that we just don't really do that very often because we're just like oh like maybe next time or whatever you know like and start small yeah and fuck up and guess what know that you're gonna fuck up along the way and you're gonna say and do some things that yeah. are off and they're wrong and and that's okay because you're learning keep so trying keep trying give and right. also give yourself permission to fuck up and be like right i'm not gonna be good at this don't use I mean, trying as an excuse to flaunt your ignorance around. <laughs> I oh my say that the fact I that we even have to people. say that. I know. But I hate it when some people do that. They're like, what? Look, I just don't know. And you're like, well, then try to know. Those are the assholes who are like, I'm just the devil's advocate. I'm like, yeah. you're just the devil. Yeah. I'm like, no kidding. Blech. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is that's something that. I just think that I should definitely do more of is, <laughs> I mean, my anxious side is recoiling right now. And just because I, I get anxious uh, now going out into the world just because I've been such a shut in and like my anxiety in general is just bad. Same. But, um, you know, going out into the world is, is a lot for me. But I do think that, fuck it, like I need to add on top of that, like think all the time about how, can how you're navigating this as a, a white person person what what you're noticing is catered to you what you're noticing your behaviors are around like everybody in the world mm -hmm. and how do they differ changing on like the the person's color or you know like presentation race gender mm -hmm. like how like all of that and just be like thinking about what like what's my initial reaction here why is it that and how, do I need to change it because there are yeah. some times where, like, people just give you vibes. Mm -hmm. and I'm all about you don't, vibes. And you don't like them and you don't feel safe. I don't say, like, just lean into anybody who makes you feel unsafe because you're just being biased. Like, no. I mean, trust your instincts, but, like, also examine what those instincts, why. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, is it instinct or is it just like something inherently that's that you've been taught? taught? Uh-huh. So I it's think it's like a that, learned thing. Right. You learn to recoil and fear right. this. You've been taught to think that this is scary, bad, right. etc. Just like how, you know, like so many I don't ugh, police officers like they, you know, they're only supposed to use the type of force that they use when they feel like an inherent threat against them. And so many of them, I mean, whether it's a bullshit lie or not, say that they considered the situation to be Mm-hmm. Like, uh, life-threatening. Or, well, they're fucking or afraid all the time. Well, here's the thing, too. Yeah. It's like, what they don't get trained on or taught to unpack or taught to dismantle is that they feel threatened just by a person's skin color. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's the only threat that they are encountering. 100%. So when a, when a situation is heightened where it's more than just, you know, this person's skin color, then they completely and psychotically overreacts because they, they are already starting on a hundred. They've already been walking around with and that. And it's criminal. Yeah, with that fear. Yeah. Yeah. But to, to but to keep training people in that mentality and to keep, and to never address Systems it or unpack place, it. Man. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's got, you've got to have somebody in the system willing to shift the culture. And, yeah. and you know what? I, I think that they're probably have, I mean, if, if, Jamie were here, he'd be like, you got to watch The Wire. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I say that tongue in cheek, but like, I, I think there are people in those systems who actively are and have tried to change things. And I think it's just so corrupt yeah. as a whole that it's, it, it has to take something like people protesting en masse in order to tear it down. Yeah. You know, when something is that rotten, you just got to pull it out. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Speaking of rotten, this whole, I've, I've just really, I'm loving this whole, like, a couple bad apples or whatever. Oh my God. Fuck and, that but I'm like, shit. finish, but finish it. Fin- what is the saying? A, a, like, a couple bad apples spoil the barrel. Like, that is the saying. Like, the boil, or <laughs> the barrel has been freaking spoiled. The like, barrel, has, it's not just like a couple bad apples. It's like, right. right, we'll finish it then. Because yeah. the saying is a couple bad apples. Well, that's brand new information. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> a couple bad apples will spoil the barrel. Well, that barrel is, yeah, rotted to the core. Yes, it is. Because of a couple bad apples. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that started um, a million years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, that that is... One of the most frustrating things, too. And you're like, well, why are there so many bad apples then? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's just a few of them. And you're like, really? You start to realize that over how it's many just years? All, all of the apples are bad. And maybe we should just stop eating apples. <laughs> and we should look for a different, you know, what I, like, I don't know. Like, I'm really reaching metaphorically there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it, it's, it, it's, it's just a fucking, you yeah. know, it, it's, a, it's a challenging time. To be alive, we we opened kind of talking about that, but also like, okay, good. I you know, yeah, I'm getting a swift kick in the pants, and, and we should be, and I think yeah. it should never stop. It should never stop. We should always be thinking about it, and and you know, I saw. Oh God, now I wish that I could remember the person who tweeted it, um, but I just like the gist of the tweet was like, I just want you all to care when the protests stop. Yeah, and it's a yes. That's the other thing too. A lot of media attention and 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 I don't know, just 
collective energy kind of gets like drummed up and poured into something and then a lot of the time that like slowly like trickles away or immediately trickles away and I mean I don't think that that is what's happening here but I at least that's what I hope I hope that this is like a real fucking turning point in I think our it, culture I think it is and I think I hope that it continues to be, but it, in so many ways it already has been. Yeah. Not nearly enough, but we've made some progress so far. Yeah. It's, I mean, it needs to be very sweeping, very sweeping. Um, so to kind of wrap up-ish, uh-huh. uh, do you want to go into times that we, like maybe some stories where if we were a person of color, it would have gone very differently? They happen every day. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's, yeah. Like, well, like, are there any that stick out in particular in your mind? Um, yeah. I mean, um, when I was a preteen, I was uh, busted shoplifting mm. with my white friend. And uh, her dad, I believe, was in the... DEA or something and so like or he was involved somehow with law enforcement and uh, we got caught we got slapped on the wrist our moms got called in Um, we had to do communities how old are you did you say uh, 13 maybe 13 or 14 Um, we had to do some community service and then it was just like nothing and like I remember we got like a stern talking to how? But, like, in no way were we... It, was, it wasn't it was criminalized. And, like, even the community service was, like, bullshit. Like, I, I went to the, like, public library for, like, a handful of weekends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there are a couple of times that I can think of. I mean, like, they're, like that would have gone so differently. Oh, yeah. And it's not just, like, law enforcement. I feel like times, like, when I've... I mean... Times, like, when I've had to rely on, like, oh, like, I, shit, I left my credit card, like, and, like, one time I went to get my nails done, and I left my um, credit card in my lab coat, and then when I went to pay, my lab coat was at work, and I was like, shit, and I was like, I'm so sorry, I was like, do you want, can I leave something here with you, and they're like, no, stop it, like, get out of here, we know you, they didn't know me, I'd never been there before, and they were so trusting, and here's the interesting thing. Having not having to wonder whether or not they reacted as they did because of my race, never even giving it a second thought. Right. But if I were a woman of color, I'm sure, regardless of how that situation would have gone down, it would have been a, a consideration. Yeah. Did did they do this because they trusted me, or did they not do it because they don't trust? You know what right, I mean? Like, right. 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 The, the consideration would have never even. It didn't come for me. I yeah. didn't even consider it. Yeah. Huh. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that we navigate our entire lives not really having to think about, did, was this because of my race? Yeah, which <laughs> like, is why, like... That even, is something that does not come up very often. No. Or no I mean, ever. No. Yeah. No. Well, then those kind of questions and that kind of thinking makes you realize the disparity. Yeah. And then you feel compelled to fucking dismantle the whole system. Right. And where's the fun in that for white people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but that is an interesting thing to think about, though, is that, like, you, we've had those experiences over and over and over and over again in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Like, so that that builds a certain 
trust in the world around us or relationship to the world around us or to experiences that are like familiar that builds like a, you know that is white privilege just all built in there mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. if you think about like the converse of that like the opposite experience of that where it's like you're constantly not trusted and feel more in danger than you should you feel more vulnerable than you should or like things are just harder to navigate in general or people just treat you like worse in general and that just informs your entire life like and it's been built to do that yeah and so in instances when it doesn't I mean I just I can't even imagine do you know what it because you just like to again like it's, it's conceptually just to think about it because I only know one way yeah. of thinking because I live in a world and a community and a society created by white people and I'm a white woman in that world. Right. Well, I mean, just even thinking about like run-ins with the police, for instance, like hearing a lot of stories recently and just, you know, like Amber Ruffin's uh, mm-hmm closing out uh, or uh, opening of um, Seth Meyers for that week where she was just, just talking about um, her run-ins with the police and and just even her having to say, I've had multiple run-ins with the police. And also, like, she, that she was like, I, I know zero black people who haven't had mm-hmm. this many or more stories. And then I think about, like, my run-ins with the police, which were not at all run-ins with the police, but, like, you know, like being in high school, this is this is some white shit right here. I was in a laser light show. I think a Led Zeppelin laser light oh, show shit, yeah. when I was in high school. It was me. Was and, it at a planetarium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. You know, one of those. Yeah. Um, I think it was at Omsi. Um, anyway, so I was with like a couple of friends from high school. We were all white kids. A couple of dudes. You don't say. And we had like beers with us. Because we, like, had, like, stolen them from older siblings or something. And, like, yeah, we were, like, drinking downtown Portland. And, like, <laughs> we were, like, kind of free and on our own, whatever. Bad. And, like, obviously, like, dr- like drinking on the waterfront in Portland. And, like, these bike cops, like, roll up to us. And they're, like, what the hell is going on here? And we're, like, oh, nothing. And, like, we just kind of, like, hide them, whatever. No, clearly we, we were fucking drinking. And they were just, like, they were kind of, like, pleasant with us Mm -hmm. like they kind of seemed like mildly amused Mm -hmm. and they were just like oh you kids and then my friend that makes up this like so obvious lie where they're like what are you guys doing down here and like oh we're just oh we're just down here we're gonna go to dinner and she's like they're like well oh really where are you going to dinner and she's like ruth's chris (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. a group of teenagers are going to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse (laughs) for dinner and they were just like they just kind of like smirked at us and then we're just like all right well like you know just be more courteous of loudness or whatever the fuck we were doing and it was like that was all why do I even remember this because I encountered the police one time and it was like I was freaked out but there was no reason to be. And then that is how, like, my mentality going through the world has been built, right? Mm-hmm. That, like, oh, there's no problem. The police are usually very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's been your experience with exactly. the police. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, just even like, you know, us talking about this, I'm like, I can't even imagine how infuriating to, do you know what I mean? And then just to know that that story has for some people gone radically, radically different and does all the time. Had we been like a group of kids who, you know, didn't, Look like people white get suburban fucking children. They black people get fucking killed. Yeah, if you had been a, a group of young black men, right, and it was a scared officer, and one of you sassed them, or shit, even black women at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I know it would have been a completely different story. Like downtown Portland, underage drinking. Um. You know, definitely not being that respectful, lying to them. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have gone fucking horribly different yeah yeah it's just so crazy too like the next chapter in the book that i'm reading i just know that the title of the chapter is um i think it's like tone policing or like tone and i'm very interested in like because i feel like i have an idea of what that's going to be about but i just think about when i think about my encounters with the police i just again go back to that word sass i just think about me like having just also like clearly not being afraid right because i'm just like i don't give a fuck you know right. what i mean right, right, like right. i was like scared but then i was also just like entitled yeah you know and and that is i don't come from a place of like they could kill me right they will kill me right that do, that's never crossed my mind yeah i mean because it's never had to. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's the other thing, too. Just, like, thinking back on this stuff and, and thinking, like, and never having had to think about it before. Like, oh, I, I got off lucky. And that, first of all, that shouldn't be the way that we think about the police. Like, oh, man, like, I got off lucky that they didn't kill me. Yeah. Like, I got off lucky because, you know, like, but that's the way... I mean, we don't even have to think about it. No. But, like, nobody should have to fucking think about no that. No should the, have the, to think the, about that. The, uh, a system of law and order that's meant to, like, protect people. Everyone. All people. Yeah, should never make you afraid. Should not be, like, militarized. Should not be killing getting away with murder yeah and have been doing it since their inception it's yeah (sighs) sorry so we're back (laughs) (laughs) we're back with all of our um glorious meandering and i'm here for it yeah i know sorry why Uh, are you sorry i've been meandering all night I don't know. That's all I do. It's just, I think it's, like, these are the types of things that are so difficult to kind of wrap your brain around. Absolutely. Because of, like, it's been just, like, a simmering, festering anger. And you just don't even know how to face it all at once, right? Yes, yes. So I think just, like, working through, like, piece by piece and, and also trying to figure out, like, how to have conversations with your family about this stuff, how to mm-hmm. have 
conversations with people who you might know in law enforcement, like, ha- like trying to come to, like, rational points where you can say, like, these systems are fucking wrong. Yeah. Everybody needs to face that. If right. we can at least start there. Mm-hmm. It's just scary because I think that we've just seen the irrationality of the public discourse and public discourse basically fall apart. And it's like, that's why I think that it's it's hard to have really like well thought out conversations about stuff like this right now because there's anger bubbling underneath it. Like even it's like, you know, and we're a not privileged being white unified. lady, there's a lot of anger, you know. And we're not being unified. I mean, yeah. the country's being run by someone who is preying upon this divisiveness and is is it just adding fuel to the fire and, and stood in front of a national monument on a really important or the day before a really important, like apparently important American holiday and preached divisiveness and called half of the country uh, bad, evil people. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's crazy to have a president who, the first one in my lifetime, and, you know, I have my thoughts about all of them, but, like, who's ever really divided? I've never seen anyone, like, divide and purposefully choose to divide for personal yeah. gain. Yes. Because that's all that it is. It's evil. It's he just evil. Wants... Yeah. You know, and like whatever pro Trump person would be like, well, he didn't call, like, he was only calling these types of people bad and evil. Oh, I'm like, come on. okay, whatever. And do you think that like the people in that rally don't, aren't thinking all we people all of know. color at all? liberal people in that breath all know we all know and to pretend that you don't just means that you're complicit in your racist ideology yep and you need to do some self-examining some hard self-examining about your own and we all do like i keep saying like we're in this together like Yeah. yeah like you said like i'm an angry white woman like what do right do i even have to be angry but again i go back to my white fragility and it's like okay chill out you get to be fucking angry like just like do the goddamn work and you know that is one thing that i will say that's kind of been i don't know scary a little bit is i want to send certain things to certain people um that i have found really helpful or very interesting Mm -hmm. um but i i have this sense that those certain people um, will take it as, like, an insult. Like, I'm calling them racist or I am, you know... Like well, we've all got a little of it. ...pointing a finger at them or whatever. Some of us, a lot of it. Which, I mean, I don't think that it is... It's, it, it doesn't need to be, like, a finger-pointing thing. Because, yes, it is a collective, like, can we all just admit... Mm-hmm. That exactly. we have inherent privilege how and racism. How could you not? How could you not exactly. as a white person? It's just how could you not? And how could you not as a person who then who cares becomes aware about of other it. people <laughs> and cares about the world around them? How could you not want to do something to change? Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So I mean, I think that 
having the larger conversations with, you know, certain people in our lives is, is, is going to be really, really, really tricky to navigate. Um, but start small necessary. Yeah. Start small. No, you're going to fuck up. Mm -hmm. No, it's not always going to go as you planned. Um, but you're trying and that's the most important part. I mean, is it? <laughs> the trying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The I... trying is the, the trying and the like actualizing like the truth, like yeah. the reality. That's the most important part. I Seeing think it and then being yourself open okay. yeah. to being wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is the hardest thing to face sometimes. Well, come on, we're not used to it. We have an entire, again, I'm like, the fucking system all night. I've just been like railing against the system. But seriously, though, like the system is built, built so that white people don't have to acknowledge things that are hard for them to acknowledge. It's so true. So why in the hell would this be easy for people? Right. Yeah. I mean. If the system is built so that you don't have to get uncomfortable. Right. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to talk about it. Historically, we've, we just press delete on that. You know, like, you don't have to get uncomfortable. You don't have to. It's so, but now it's time to get uncomfortable. Yeah. And stay uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which I think is, it's easier said than done some days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, it's a learning process, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, sort of like breaking down some of the harder things like conversation with family or conversation with like people who don't really necessarily have the same mindset as you. That was always difficult. And then like bringing these types of conversations, like a lot of white people unprepared to talk about race or like un unaware that it's even a thing that needs to be talked about is like one of the most difficult, like, conversations to fucking breach. Yes, because you have to acknowledge there's a problem. Exactly, and there's this, like, stubborn, like, unwillingness. Well, a lot of the unwillingness is rooted in what happens to my sweet, sweet, white-dominated world right. when I start to really look at how it's a disservice to others and not a service to me. Right. When I reframe it, and it's not just, like, how is this serving me, which is how you've been living and thinking, how is this disservicing others? Yeah. Of course, of course that's hard to look at. Of course. And then people get scared. Yeah. And we've been taught to think that power is so finite, that there's not enough for everyone. Oh, that's such a load of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something too, where it's just like, you're not you're not taking away from or diminishing somebody else's experience by acknowledging somebody else's, mm -hmm. another person's, you know? That's like, right. Not, not, those yeah. two things can they exist. Can coexist. In this, they That's can right. coexist perfectly, wonderfully, and actually societies thrive when they do. Yeah, we do better when they do. Yeah. Yeah. I wish someone would tell that to our fucking president. Um, what does Upton Sinclair say? You can't make a man understand something when his job depends on him not understanding it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
Well, this has been lovely. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. If you're back, hi. Um, and you made it to the end. Um, and if you're joining us for the first time. Um, Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, yeah, this is It's a Shame. Hey, guess what? We never introduced ourselves. Um, <laughs> I'm Danielle. I'm Lily. And uh, we're, we're happy to have you. Um, yes, we do this every week, and we'll be back again next week. Um, you know, and who knows where this crazy train is going to take us. Mm-hmm. But we're on it, so mm-hmm. I don't know. That's about all I can say about it at this point. It's just that I'm on it, yeah. on the train, doing what I can. Um, yeah, you can check us, check us out on the socials at ShamePod. You can email us all your thoughts at uh, shamepod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. God, I haven't said it in a while. I almost I forgot know. what the email address was. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that everybody is doing well and staying safe and yeah, we'll, healthy. Uh, see, see you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Bye. Bye.